This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. The following is a Hoop Bowl presentation. Greetings from Hoopball Lakers and happy Thanksgiving to you and yours on this very special week. I am your host, JC DeLeon, for the Monday Week Ahead edition of the podcast. And if you can come up with a better name for that, by all means, hit us up on Twitter at Hoopball Lakers or me at JC DeLeon1. I uh, would love to come up with a better name for this regular Monday look ahead show uh, that I think will end up being pretty important throughout the season. It's, you know, it's nice to have a look ahead at the week ahead. Uh, this podcast, like all our shows, is brought to you by our title sponsor, Hawaiian Isles Kona Coffee Company. Check out their website at hawaiianisles.com or on Amazon by searching for Hawaiian Isles Kona Coffee or on Twitter at H-I-K-O-N-A Coffee. H-I-K-O-N-A Coffee. Hawaiian Isles Kona Coffee. It's really great coffee. This week, uh, we're going to update the road trip that the Lake Show is on, uh, and then tonight they're taking their talents to San Antonio, which sadly, I thought about going. For those that don't know, I live in Austin, Texas. Um, I don't think I'm going to be able to go to this one tonight, although I still have about an hour and a half as of this recording to decide. However, I am going to be at the New Orleans game on Wednesday in New Orleans, and I cannot wait because New Orleans is a fantastic city. Uh, I really enjoy being there whenever I get a chance to, and looking forward to that. In addition to the rest of the schedule this week, we're going to see where this team is at injury-wise, and we're going to dive into some analytics with maybe a new segment that I'm tossing around in my head. Uh, It's hard to bounce ideas for this Monday show off of anyone else because I'm the only one that does it, but uh, we'll see. And then, of course, we'll take a look at where the rest of the league is uh, is standing. <clears throat> so, as far as the weekly recap of the road trip, uh, it's gone as well as about as well as should be. Uh, two games versus Oklahoma City back to back in a weird way that that happens. The Lakers won on Tuesday, one twelve to one oh seven in Los Angeles, and then on Friday traveled to Oklahoma City. And ended up being kind of a shootout. They won 130 to 127. Very next night, second night of a back-to-back traveling to Memphis, the Lakers won 109 to 108. These two games are very interesting. I mentioned on Twitter that it's it's good that in this road trip, especially on a back-to-back, because in the playoffs you won't face a back-to-back, but the Lakers have proven in this road trip that they can hang with you in a shootout, as great as, as great as as a defensive team as they are, if they are having a lax night on defense and they're giving up a lot of points, they can definitely hang and uh, and and outshine out outshoot you know out, outshoot the lights with them, uh, with their opponent. And then against Memphis, they proved uh, that they can grind it out in a slow defensive intensity game. Lakers were 
pretty much behind, I think, most of the time. If not, yeah, I think they were behind most of the time. Um, especially the fact that different dominating performance from, you know, Anthony Davis and LeBron switching off. The interesting thing about that Memphis game, the Lakers, all you hear all, all season long is about how LeBron is leading the league in assists um, and how much of a fast-tempo team this this offense is. On Saturday in that 109-108 win, the leading assist man for the Lakers was Rondo with six. So, yeah, that definitely shows you that it was a uh, a defensive intensity game. You know, the, you, you get memories of the whole fit-in, fit-out stuff with Kevin Love. Um it's been business as it's just been business as usual with uh, with this Laker team from the very beginning. There hasn't been a lot of drama on the other. There hasn't been a lot of drama anyway. Uh, Dwight Howard's just been efficient, lunch pail guy. Anyway, back to the no news is good news thing. Um, yeah, while looking it up, I laughed to myself because the origin of no news good news, according to writingexplained.com, this expression may have originated with King James the first of England, who said no news is better than evil news in the year 1616. So I thought that was an interesting nugget. Uh, more interesting th than the fact that there isn't really any news to come out of uh, of this Laker team other than business as usual, tip-off comes, they play great basketball, they come away with another win. It's almost, almost boring... Spurs like there's not a lot of drama with Frank Vogel there's not a lot of drama with the whole Jason Kidd thing you know whether or not trades are going to happen that'll be that'll happen as we get closer and closer to February like it's it's odd this season has a ton of storylines that are way more interesting than any drama outside of the basketball court for the Lakers the Lakers are obviously one of the better stories you know, on the court, off the court, there's just not a whole lot of drama, and that's that's great. I, I've, but as a LeBron fan, I'm not fully used to that. <laughs> I, mean, I am used to the drama. I I get the drama. I understand that him having the kind of gravity that he has, both literally on the basketball court with opponents and just gravity, you know, news wide, story wide. It, the fact that there isn't any news really. I think is a great thing, and it it doesn't make for it doesn't make this team any boring. I was just joking when I said that, uh, but it's just great. It's uh, I wish there was news to report, but the fact that there isn't that can only serve to be a good thing. Uh, as far as any potential news could be coming from the injury situation, which will which we will update every Monday. Uh, the Lakers still miss Avery Bradley, of course. He'll be out for another week, possibly two weeks. I believe it was, it's been a week since he was diagnosed with a broken fibula that he'll be out one to two weeks. So, in theory, he should be back very soon, if not one more week. And they definitely miss him. Contavious Caldwell-Pope has been playing really well in his absence, and he's come on offensively, which is really good, uh, I think. He's, I think he's provided more of an offensive boost than Avery Bradley could, as weird as it might say, because considering how KCP started the season. But like I mentioned, KCP's he's an NBA player, and, and he seems to function best when he's operating purely on instinct. 
and this is kind of reflected in some of the advanced uh, advanced statistics. He he's shooting fifty percent on corner threes. Every three that he's made this season uh, has been assisted on, and Contavious Caldwell Pope on the for the season has made a total of 18 threes in uh, 18 threes in 16 games. Uh, so yeah, he's, he's providing a boost. I think he's there to provide shooting when he's open. He's getting open a lot just because of how the season started. And yeah, when he's operating purely off instinct, whether it be defensive or offensive, uh, I think he shines and, he gets into he gets into his head too much, and that is clearly the fault of Lakers fans. And I'm gonna say I'm guilty of it too because I kind of dreaded every time he got his hands on the ball the first couple of games of the season. But he's an important piece of this team, and so he needs to play well, and so he needs to be supported. Uh, the other injury news, I think, uh, it's it's still kind of worrisome whether or. His Anthony Davis's shoulder is is a worrisome thing. It there are moments in a game where he'll block a shot and then he'll grab his shoulder, and you might start to think, "Oh no, is 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 something happening with his shoulder?" Uh, but he he always tends to bounce back. This happened in Memphis. He he blocked a shot, grabbed his right shoulder. I read on Twitter some people were concerned, but then within a few minutes it seemed like he was fine and didn't seem like anything was wrong and the last couple of minutes of that game in particular AD and LeBron uh played really well in the clutch and so yeah his injury his his shoulder is a concern it hasn't it's it but at this point it's just a concern and everything seems to be okay on on that front um so yeah luckily Lakers luckily injury wise there's not a whole lot of news there either which it's a great thing. Um, one thing I did want to talk about this week is, and it's something I may may uh, may make a regular segment on this show. I think some things that we'll add to this Monday show as we get closer to February is we'll take a look at the trade market and who's out there and things like that. But I think it's a little too early for that. Plus, like I said, this team is rolling to to kind of talk about who might be available via trade or who the Lakers should trade or things like that when, when this train is, is, is operating as well as it is, I think is, is kind of an insult to, the, to this team. And so, yeah, we're not going to talk about trades or anything like that yet. But um, so we have mentioned how great of a defensive team this Lakers squad is. And so because there are so many numbers available to the general public, via basketball reference which has a ton of great information uh, i think this week we're going to focus on offensive and defensive rating for those that don't know the offensive rating is an estimate of points produced or or scored per 100 possessions and defensive rating is an estimate of points allowed per 100 possessions so you know almost a game some games probably have have most games probably have less than 100 possessions some games maybe have close to that uh, i think your overtime games definitely hit hit that mark and things like that but some really interesting offensive and defensive ratings and it's i don't i don't know how how new of a metric it is but it is a really telling metric and i touched on it a couple of weeks ago very early into the season when 
when Ethan and I talked about Dwight Howard. And I mentioned that Dwight Howard had a really similar offensive and defensive rating to Anthony Davis. Now, of course, that's not to say that Dwight Howard should play as many possessions as as, as Anthony Davis. Uh, certainly not saying that. But at the time, I believe the offensive and defensive rating for the both of them was around 119 to 102 offense defense which is really good. You want a positive number in those differing numbers because basically you're, it means you're scoring more than you're giving up. Um, but lately, now that we've got 16 games under her belt, the aside from Jared Dudley, Jared Dudley obviously is plays minimal minutes, but maybe it does mean something. If, to, to look at the best offensive rating on the entire team, uh, it's Jared Dudley with 134, which is kind of crazy. And his defensive rating is 106. And so he obviously has the best plus-minus offensive and defensive rating for the entire team at plus 28. But that's not sustainable. <laughs> that's... Even if it is sustainable, the fact that Jared Dudley plays minimal minutes, he's playing. If he's playing, it's usually because the Lakers are blowing another team out, and so yeah, he's he's going to shine when he when he gets his uh, gets his time. But no, uh, Dwight Howard is the one I want to focus on, uh, just because he's been playing really well. I I had a lot of faith in him coming into the season. Um, I wouldn't say I had complete faith in him. I definitely had my concerns, and I, I, I remember exactly how he left his Laker tenure the first time. He was ejected from a playoff game after a really dangerous foul, and at the time I, I said, man, this guy should never be a Laker ever again just because of the way he, he ended that tenure and then had really tumultuous ten, tumultuous tenures everywhere since, but... He seems to really be taking to heart what he said in that he admires Draymond Green and likes to do all the little stuff. His offensive and defense rating is 129 to 108. And it just now occurred to me, I'm really bad at math, that is the, <laughs> that is the biggest plus-minus offensive and defensive rating for the entire team, and that's great. That's great. That's plus 31. To for comparison's sake, Anthony Davis is one sixteen to ninety seven, which is also fantastic. Anthony Davis is blocking two shots a game, two shots per one hundred possessions. Dwight Howard's complete. Let's look at his complete per one hundred possessions. So thirteen points a game, thirteen points per one hundred possession, uh, two point nine steals. Sorry, 0.9 steals, 16.8 points a game, and 3.7 blocks. He is blocking a ton of shots out there. And Anthony Davis is actually blocking four shots. I said two a second ago. He's getting two steals. So, yeah, offensive and defensive rating. Dwight Howard continues to be a really essential piece to this team. I like the fact that I still like the fact that they start with JaVale McGee. I like the energy that he brings that he brings to the start of a game. 
Foul trouble, I think, is going to plague him all season. But he also has a really great uh, plus-minus in his offensive and defensive rating. He's plus 120. He's 121 offensive rating with a 97 defensive rating, uh, which is plus 24. So that's a really great... Uh, the fact that the two big men combined are doing pretty much what I had wanted them to do. I said if they can combine into granted they don't play at the same time but if singularly they can bring you know 20 and 15 and three to five blocks a game like that is that's rim protection that's rim protection that's a ton of rebounds uh i i hope it gets to a point where as great as many as great as triple doubles are and as many as lebron has gotten i like the fact that he's embracing being the point guard of this team and assisting a lot and so I don't I don't I don't need LeBron to rebound as much as he has been uh, but that also speaks to his his uh, defensive intensity which uh, is also a great uh, plus 14 116 to 102 some other some other good uh, offensive and defensive ratings um, Danny Green Danny Green made the all-defensive all team last year. He's plus 10 at 112 to 102. He's he's getting a lot of the the tougher defensive assignments, especially when they're playing against guards. Uh, KCP, plus 3, 109 to 106. Um, Alex Caruso, our boy, he does have a negative offensive. He does have a negative offensive and defensive rating. Uh, offensive rating of 93, but he's not getting a ton of opportunity to shoot when he's out there. He's out there mostly for defensive purposes. And at 102, you want to be as far under 100 as possible. But being slightly over 100 is not terrible. And he's, it seems as though Caruso's made the most of his minutes. Uh, Kyle Kuzma, his is a concern. So he's he's got an offensive rating of 100, which is great. Defensive rating of 106. Uh, as I think he's improved his three-point shooting. I think he's still adjusting to coming off of the bench. And defense, he, he certainly hasn't been a liability defensively. But you, you'd like to see that turned around a bit. Uh same for some of the more minimal role players. Quinn Cook, Troy Daniels have similar. They both give up 107. Quinn Cook's got a slightly higher offensive rating at 98 than Troy Daniels at 93. Uh, Rajon Rondo. Rajon Rondo's got a really small sample size because he's coming back from because uh, he's coming back from injury. He's only played six games, but he's a positive plus two. Uh, giving up 104, but he's also got an offensive rating of 106. The interesting thing about Rondo is Rondo has a reputation of being a terrible shooter, and he has been uh, he's been left alone a lot, and he's been willing and he hasn't always been willing in his career to take a three point shot, but he has been this year. He's hesitating much less, and currently right now, small sample size, shooting at a clip of thirty five percent, which is slightly above average, and yeah. So that's offensive and defensive rating for this team. Uh, yeah, they're a great defensive team. Transition defense has improved since that loss to the Raptors. Um, it's probably still not great. And I think there's some areas to focus on, like Kyle Kuzma should be 
little bit more of a defensive threat than he is. Um, I think I think coming into the season there were there were going to be certain defensive liabilities that you could hide on defense, Rondo being one of them. But he's been aggressive, and so yeah, I think Kyle Kuzma and and his numbers will improve. He's coming back from injury as well. He's played twelve games to the sixteen that the rest of the team has, and so yeah, I think that'll I think that'll come with time. So let's take a look at the week ahead. As mentioned earlier, the Lakers are coming to San Antonio tonight. San Antonio's had a little bit of a rough go of it lately. They were in the midst of an eight-game losing streak, and then good old slump buster New York Knicks came to town, and uh, or they came to New York, and they beat the Knicks 111-104. But the Spurs have dropped four, 11 of their last 14 games. They started off the season... Really hot, three games in a row. Uh, started at three and zero, and since then have gone three and eleven. It's really, really interesting times in San Antonio, um, as is typical of teams that are going through tr- through troubled times. Um, there's talk of trades, maybe Demar Derozan, maybe Lamarcus Aldridge. It's hard to say what's really going to happen with the Spurs. Um, the Lakers played the Spurs a couple weeks ago, and they won one hundred three to ninety six. I don't. They the Lakers should win tonight, just because you know the Spurs are are in dire straits. Uh, but there is, you know, they're on the road. They've played extremely high level basketball. They've already played this team and beat them once, so, you know. Um, not laziness, but complacency is the word I was thinking of. Complacency could be a factor. The the Spurs play typically play really well in their home court. I personally have never seen LeBron win in that building, uh, and I'm not going tonight. So maybe that does serve well for <laughs> for the Lakers, although they did win that game a couple of weeks ago. Uh, but beyond that, uh, so beyond the Laker game tonight. Uh, the Spurs then do travel to New Orleans, as I also mentioned. Uh, I will be at that game in New Orleans. It was supposed to be the first meeting of Zion Williamson and LeBron, and Zion, as we all are aware, um, has started off the season with that meniscus surgery. He probably won't be back until early to mid-December, if at all. Now, New Orleans is playing pretty well lately, and so I think... I think one or two things will happen. I think Zion's team might really want him to be Rookie of the Year, as he was probably going to be. I don't think he's going to get enough games under his belt this season to really qualify for Rookie of the Year, especially because John Morant has been playing amazing, and I and I believe that John Morant is the is going to be the Rookie of the Year now. Um, I personally wouldn't be surprised if at some point mid December comes and the Pelicans are like, you know what? We're just going to wait until next year to play as designer. It'd be devastating. Uh, it certainly wouldn't be unprecedented. Joel Embiid, Ben Simmons, Blake Griffin, players like that come to mind, are drafted, and then we have to wait a whole year to, to see them play. Um, most of those are due to microfracture surgery, which used to be a really bad thing. Uh, it's definitely not as bad anymore. And Friday... The Lakers are back at home uh, against the Washington Wizards, 
And then on Sunday, December 1st, another highly anticipated matchup with Dallas. Dallas has been playing really great. Luka, Luka Doncic has been on some kind of tear. Bill Simmons, as I'm recording this, tweeted something earlier. He was curious what the highest PERs in a season were, player efficiency rating. And number one currently of all time at 33.29 is Luka, which is insane. Um, That's obviously not sustainable. He's had multiple 40-point games. He's obviously not going to keep scoring 40 points a night, and he's not going to get a triple-double every night. But Luka has just been playing really amazingly, and he's... He's gotten the praise of LeBron James uh, through Twitter as, you know, while he's been playing really well from afar. And, yeah, I personally can't wait for this game on Sunday, December 1st. Uh, It's 1 p.m. Pacific start time, which is an early game and being on Sunday. um, Yeah, you don't really know what the Mavericks travel schedule is. To me, that seems early, and I think with an early start time, anything can happen. Uh, and then, as we've talked about before on the show, after that Dallas game, which that Dallas game is certainly not going to be an easy one, but really after this Wizards game, the Lakers' schedule does get uh, much more difficult. Uh, got the Mavericks, then looking further into next week, Nuggets, Jazz, uh, Trailblazers. But yeah, I don't want to look too far ahead of the schedule. I just kind of want to take a look at the week ahead, which will end on Sunday against the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, so, overall standings update. Not a lot of changes up top there either. Uh, Lakers now currently have the best record in the league. Last week they were tied with Boston, but at 14-2, and the Lakers are number one in the entire league. Um Boston has slipped a couple of games. They're currently 11-4, and and Milwaukee is now the number one team in the East at 13-3. and three. Uh, I feel like, a, I mean, it's hard to say that a lot of people were sleeping on Milwaukee. Milwaukee didn't really add a ton of new players to their team, and so I think with as much change as there was this summer, the Milwaukee Bucks were actually kind of able to slip under the radar a little bit, even despite having the league MVP in Giannis, and Giannis has been playing really well to start the season. Um but staying on the West for a second. Uh, so Denver is currently number two at 12-3. and three. And so I talked about how Denver was going to have a harder time this season because they're not going to be able to sneak up on people. And they certainly haven't been dominant, but they've just been, been managed to, to win games at an extremely high clip. Uh, speaking of clip, the Clippers. Uh, number three at 12-5. and five. They are now pretty much at full strength with Paul George and Kawhi Leonard playing together. And, yeah, it's proven to be absolutely scary. Um, in addition to, you know, Kawhi's been sitting out some games because of a knee contusion, and Paul George has been playing really well. He's talked about uh, with his shoulder injuries, they've felt better than they've ever felt in years. And so then they're not an issue at all. And it doesn't appear to be an issue at all for him. He's been playing extremely well. Uh, I don't know if I mentioned last week, they had a game in which they won 150 to 101 without Kawhi Leonard. And so, yeah, the Lakers are, the Clippers are definitely for real. Uh, Utah at 11 and five tied with Dallas also at 11 and five. So Utah might be underachieving a little bit at 11 and five and Dallas is overachieving a little bit at 11 and five. 
the duo of the duo of Luca and Kristaps has proven to be a really formidable one. Uh, Houston with 11 wins but six losses at number six currently. Probably underachieving a bit. They did play. Uh, they lost to Dallas uh, on last night. Another great game from from Luca, and so Houston gives up a lot of points. Uh, if you're a gambler, you definitely want to hammer the over anytime. You definitely want to hammer the over anytime the Rockets are playing. Um, and then from there, you've got. The people kind of on the outside looking in are all kind of tied with each other. Eight wins, Minnesota and Phoenix. Phoenix has uh, come back down to earth a bit after their extremely hot start, and as was expected. Uh, Sacramento seven and eight, New Orleans six and eleven, Spurs six and eleven, Oklahoma City five and ten, Memphis five and ten, Portland. Portland is the I think the biggest surprise as far as underachievers at five and twelve. They brought back pretty much. Uh, they brought back a really similar team from last year with the addition of, of the Hassan Whiteside. Miami Miami Heat fans uh, know how frustrating Hassan Whiteside can be, and I think it appears that some of his new Portland teammates are beginning to see that uh, that frustration or sympathize with it. And then rounding at the bottom of the West, uh, we have the Golden State Warriors at 3-14, and 14, and that is probably where they're going to stay, at the bottom of the West. Uh, yeah, I'm not gonna go, I'm not gonna go on my rant again about <laughs> about how great LeBron is and his run, uh, his consecutive runs to the finals were. I just I hope that people realize it now, like what LeBron's done. It's, not gonna do it. Did it last week. Uh, <laughs> looking over at the East, so yeah, I mentioned Milwaukee is a, a top. You've got three. You've got four teams with eleven wins. After that, Boston, Toronto, Miami, and Philly. Philly has currently has one more loss, so they're at the bottom of that 11-win pile. Indianapolis at 9-6. and six. They have the potential to be a really scary team because Oladipo will come back at some point, and so Malcolm Brogdon has been playing really well for Indianapolis lately. And uh, But yeah, uh, at some point, Oladipo will come back. Brooklyn is an interesting case study. Uh, Obviously, they don't, they don't have Kevin Durant. They won't for the rest of the season. But And Kyrie had an extremely hot start to the season. But it whether or not Kyrie can be a winner by himself has yet to be proven. And, yeah, people in Brooklyn are seeing that. And you're hearing, you're hearing the stories that you start to hear about Kyrie. You know, he's, he's moody. He kind of keeps to himself. It's not... That's not really great for leadership. You've seen how well Boston, the players in Boston have responded to Kimba Walker's leadership. And so leadership is a real thing. And uh, it's it's not yet proven that Kyrie should really be the man. Uh, he he might need he might need a uh, he might need a partner in crime to to be alongside him. And so maybe all of this will be erased once Kevin Durant does come back next season. But yeah, I think we, we think we can all agree that Kyrie was at his best when he was alongside LeBron James, and that may not make him happy, but that's the truth. Uh, we've got Orlando at eight with six at six and nine, Washington five and nine, five, 
probably five wins is probably a little bit more than people thought they were gonna gonna have at this point. Certainly, I didn't think anybody any certainly didn't know if anybody would think they would compete for the spot in the West. Bradley Beal has been playing really well. I like their rookie addition in Rui Hashimura. Uh, I really liked watching him play at Gonzaga. So he's he's a really great big man. Um, Charlotte at six and eleven, also a surprise. Chicago six eleven is probably about where you thought they'd be. Cleveland at five and eleven, uh, probably a bit of a surprise. They're playing. They're playing. I mean, granted, they're five and eleven, but they're playing really fun basketball. They're a fun basketball team to watch, which is which is strange. Detroit at five and eleven, probably underachieving a bit, and at this point in the season, they might find themselves a little bit too far behind that eight ball. And rounding out the East, you've got Atlanta and the New York Knicks. And Atlanta, <clears throat> Atlanta, despite being a young team, I feel is is definitely underachieving. Uh, as great as Trey Young is playing, there should no longer be a debate about really who should have been the rookie of the year last year. Despite Trey Young playing really well towards the end of the season, what what Luca is doing this year. And the fact that Luca's got this team overachieving in the playoff hunt in the West, yeah, as great as Trey Young is, and he is great, um, he's he's not Luca. And but Atlanta should, despite that, I think Atlanta should be a little bit better than four and twelve. And then rounding at the bottom, at four and thirteen, you've got the Knicks. So that is where we stand with. This Laker team uh, and where we stand is uh, it's not a lot new that's happening, and that doesn't have to be a bad thing. And with that, uh, that'll wrap up this Monday edition of the Hoopball Lakers pod. Uh, as mentioned earlier, it is Thanksgiving week, and so we here at Hoopball Lakers hope that you have a great Thanksgiving with your family if you do that sort of thing, or... If you go to the movies and hang out alone, or if you go to a Friendsgiving because your family is a little bit too crazy, we understand that too. Whatever you decide to do this week, it's a special holiday week, and you should certainly treat yourself to whatever makes you happy. And so until next time at Hoopball Lakers, I'm your host, JC DeLeon, and we're out. This has been a Hoopball presentation. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.